Tonight on Multiverse News, the Guardians of the Galaxy have one last ride at the box office, Dune 2's first trailer is here, and Carrie Fisher finally gets her Hollywood star. All that right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Multiverse News, your source for information about all your favorite fictional universes. My name is Matthew Carroll, and today we have our full quorum of co-hosts here. We have Jay Scotty St. Clair. How you doing, Jay Scotty? Doing phenomenal. Excited to talk some multiversal news. Awesome, awesome. Haley Hobbs. Haley Hobbs, how you doing? I'm great. Hey, Multiverse. Hey, hey. Uh, Jay Sisson. What's going on, Jay? Oh, not too much. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Sweet. Well, we are happy to have you, my friend. And uh, let's, y'all want to just dive in? Are you ready? You ready to talk some Guardians? No time like the present. Mm-hmm. The final installment of James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy has landed with heart, humor, and a global $289 million box office opening weekend. As of the time of this discussion, uh, the flick has crossed the $300 million threshold. While fans still flock to the theaters, this opening is one of the lowest openings to kick off the summer in recent years. Is this evidence of superhero fatigue, or are we still hooked on a feeling? Oh, ooga chaka, ooga, ooga, ooga chaka. <laughs> I'm still hooked on a feeling. Uh, yeah, I'm not the first one to say it, but I really do feel like this is one of the strongest entries in the MCU in quite some time. James Gunn absolutely hit it out of the park with this one. He knew it was his final foray with these characters, and he did not waste that opportunity. In terms of the opening box office and the story that's going to tell, I think it's way too early. Um, it's kind of the boring answer, but you know, this opening kind of falls in the middle of pretty much all the MCU MCU movies we've seen. It's definitely open better than Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania. It's the second best opening weekend of 2023. So far, it's only been surpassed by the super Mario brothers so far, but it's not surprising that it was the first film to finally dethrone that juggernaut. Uh, but yeah, all that being said, I think the success of this story, it's got really strong word of mouth, and I think that's going to do a lot for it, uh, but we'll have to see how it performs in the coming weeks as the competition uh, ramps up at the box office. But I, I think it's got a really strong start here. Yeah, I think so too. I think one of the things that is kind of hurting these uh, Marvel entries is the quick turnaround to Disney plus. I think we've kind of seen mm. that with Ant-Man and we saw it with black Panther too. Like they were high of course for a movie because they're Marvel and you know, people will go see them, but they weren't, 
your traditional what you expect out of a Marvel Studios movie when it comes to the box office. But these movies are hitting Disney Plus sometimes about two months almost to the dot as soon as they get out of the theater. And so a lot of people are just making that decision and saying, you know, I'll just wait until July or or August and just catch this on Disney Plus. So I think there seems to be a little bit more of stretching that out. Like I think they waited a little bit longer with Ant-Man than they had in the past to put it out there. But um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Jay Scotty. I think we'll see a stronger week two than you expect and a stronger week three than you expect. I think people will go out and see this as the, as the conversations keep going. I mean, I'm, I loved this movie. This is one of my favorite Marvel experiences I've had in a theater in a really long time. And I think a lot of people feel that too. It's getting a lot of positive uh, feedback and conversation. So uh, I think that will carry it to kind of just what we expect out of a Marvel Studios movie. And I think that when school is out here in a couple of weeks for a lot of places, we're going to see those numbers climb a lot. I think that going back to the theater in the summer is going to be a big thing for a lot of people. And I do think a lot of these summer blockbusters are going to have a really good year this year, which is exciting. And I think that even though this seems like a little low for a summer box office, like smash hit kind of a thing, there's so much hype around this movie that it's really steadily going to climb. Yeah, I, I wonder, because there's, as much as uh, everyone I've talked to enjoyed it, well, that's not true. Uh, everyone <laughs> talked, that I talked to has enjoyed it, except for the uh, v- an- violence against animals, the mistreatment of animals, really hit some people hard, and I mean, hit us all hard, I think, but like, some people, that's such a um, no-fly zone for them, that like, I think it's not going to get as many people going back to see it, because it's just a hard watch for a lot of people, and like we were, we were talking about it before we got on mic, and like it's uh, it's not really one that everyone's gonna bring, want us to bring their kids to. I know a lot of parents who go to see it themselves and then come back later with like you know a gaggle of children, um, and I don't know that that's gonna be happening as much with this one because well you know Mario's in the theaters. They might just go see that again instead of seeing something that's gonna like cause a lot of questions in your child and like <laughs> like in some questions. I think James Gunn was being deliberate. I think he like wanted to spur on some conversation with this, but it's so brutal that it's just, I, I it, it's not age appropriate for a lot of kids. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of an interesting thing that PETA has like come out and said, like it's the, one of the strongest like animal rights activist films there because they're kind of known for their shock and awe approach sometimes. So the fact that they're mm. advocating for it says that it's doing something right, but at the same time it could have that traumatizing factor. Yeah. That bunny is just terrifying and sad, and it's and it's just like so cute. And I just can't imagine that some kids aren't going to go in there and just be like completely traumatized and have nightmares for a long time about some of that stuff because it's so dark. The bunny was definitely the saddest part. <laughs> it was really sad. Really, really floor. sad. Oh, <laughs> poor, poor floor. Okay, up next, Carrie Fisher, best known for portraying Princess Leia posthumously received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on May 4th. Fisher, a renowned writer as well as an actor, was represented by her daughter, Billy Lord, and many others. Fisher passed away in 2016, but has now joined her Star Wars co-stars and friends, Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford, who had previously received the honor. The event was not without controversy, however, as Lord publicly lambasted her siblings for their attempt to profit off their mother's legacy in the wake of her passing. What say we? 
Was this a fitting tribute to the princess from a galaxy far, far away? I think our princess needed this star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which I know is a thing that I think the person pays for it. Um, I think it's kind of one of those you're invited and you pay for sort of things. But Mm -hmm. with Mark and Harrison already being on there, it makes complete sense that she should be on there too. And gosh, Carrie Fisher's life was not always super easy. And so Billy Lord is really her mouthpiece now after she's passed away. And I, I know that there's been a lot of controversy with her family and a lot of abuse. And um, it's, it's sad that she had to, talk about it in a moment that should be one of celebration, but I think it's an important spotlight on the abuse that celebrities and stars tend to go through from the people closest to them sometimes. Mm. Yeah, there's uh, Mark Hamill spoke at length at this uh, ceremony, and he had some really beautiful words to say. Uh, He was extremely close his whole life to Carrie Fisher, and there was an accompanying article Uh, published in Variety that was published, uh, I think, the same day that this happened, where Mark Hamill kind of talked about the legacy of Carrie Fisher. And it's a really, really nice article, but there was a quote in it. um, This isn't a direct quote, but he was kind of talking about how he felt like the importance of the character of Princess Leia was that she really just changed the conversation in a lot of ways around the damsel in distress that's always kind of this like sticking point in a lot of stories of somebody's got to come in and save the poor helpless princess and uh and you know crack open the door and be the hero and uh that famous scene from a new hope of luke and han running in and kicking down the door and her basically calling out the fact that you know they don't have a plan and just like um just making fun of them for it and shooting open the door and he said something to the effect of like she was in charge of her own rescue or something like that and i thought that was a really nice way of just kind of remembering that character that she brought to everybody and it's just impacted so many people uh just a really really kind of like Really good thing to kind of pair all of these just viewpoints of people who were in her life with the star and kind of on May the 4th and all of that mm. together was just really nice. Yeah, I don't want to let my feelings that, you know, this is long overdue take away from the the fact that we're finally getting it and is a beautiful tribute. But it does it does feel like, you know, it's, it's a bit of a shame that she didn't get to experience this honor mm. while she was still with us. But when she passed, yeah. you know, whether or not you were a big Star Wars fan or not, like, you knew about it and and you were part of the conversation because she just had that kind of impact. Like everything you've both said so far, like Jay, especially with like how she really changed the way that we view um, heroines on, on, on film, especially in these blockbuster films. Like she is so deserving of it. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, whatever controversies may have been there, they did not overshadow the impact that, that she had in a, in a positive way in this industry. Mm, for sure. For sure. Yeah, as, as you said, Scotty, long overdue, but uh, it's still a great a great thing that we're finally getting it done. <laughs> I like it. All right, up next, Daredevil Born Again is the latest show to announce a pause due to the writer's strike. Many network shows, streaming shows, and movies are falling prey to the strike as writers ask for equity and changes in their negotiations. Pauses have also been announced for Blade, Stranger Things, the new Game of Thrones prequel, The Hedge Knight, and more. How will this affect the future release dates, as well as the fandoms eagerly awaiting them? 
it's all just going to keep compounding. I mean, the longer this goes on, the more you're going to see this happen. You think about big franchises that map out multiple dates in the future. If you move one film, you have to move another film to bump it. And so when you're talking about if Blade has to be delayed, you're talking about other films <clears throat> under the kind of the Disney tentpole being delayed. Same with Warner Brothers, uh, same with all of these big studios that call these dates really far in advance. And it's, you know, we, we kind of talked about it last week. We're, we're in support of the writers. We're in support of creatives. We're, uh, we're on that side. But also we recognize that this is just a reality of what's going to happen. Uh, the, longer, the longer this draws out, the longer it goes, the more you're going to see announcements like this. And um, the, the Duffer brothers, who are the producers of Stranger Things, they came out and said, because people were kind of saying, well, why, why are you pausing production on Stranger Things? Didn't you already write it? And they're like, listen, we rewrite all the time on set. Just because something's written and you're filming and you're in production, that does not mean that you are done writing. And so when you think about, you know, I saw people like online being like, well, this is good news for Superman Legacy because it's already written. James Gunn posted the script and they're going to get right to work. And it's like, well, let's let's pump the brakes on that. Like they're they're not going to just roll in with that script there. That mm. that movie's if it keeps going, that movie's getting paused. You're going to see Captain America New World Order is probably the next one up that's going to get paused. I mean. There's, there's going to be a ripple effect the longer it goes on. I follow Clark Gregg on Instagram, who was uh, Agent Phil Coulson in the MCU, of course. And he made a post the day the picketing started that was like, do we really have to be doing this again? Like he was with the writers, you know, and he was just like, it was kind of like, I can't believe we're here again, sort of a thing. And uh, it's frustrating for all the reasons we've already talked about. And I'm I'm glad there are some things that are already done and still able to come out this year. And that's great for us, the fans. But yeah, let's get it figured out already. Yeah, coming off of our conversation from last week, I don't think this is unexpected at all. But that doesn't, as a fan, it doesn't make it hurt any less. Like these properties that I'm really excited for, especially those MCU properties, Daredevil Born Again and Blade, like those hurt knowing that we're going to have to wait that much longer for those, especially when Blade was so close to entering pre-production. But I, again, like, in total support of the writers and we've already compared this strike a lot to the 2007 writer strike which i think is totally appropriate but looking back on it that one lasted from what late 2007 into early 2008 i think it was maybe three four months in total but jay you, you said ripple effect and it had such a lasting impact on that whole year going forward and all the productions in 2008 and to that end i, I just really hope that this gets resolved quickly and that you know maybe the the writers and the the suits can find a middle ground and find some cohesion and, and make things right for both parties so that we can you know get a move on with all these these properties that we're so excited for i, I really hope this doesn't you know stall things up too much yeah i'm in absolute agreement there but i yeah i it's 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 a it's such a weird balance like i definitely am in support of the writers as you've all said uh but the uh, you know, there, there's, there's a point where you have to like, just come together and make some, some meeting in the middle. But the thing that this whole story has me like thinking is how badly f the whole of fandom and like the process of these movies coming out. And I see it mostly through the eyes of the Marvel cinematic universe, because that's what I cover over there on the MCU cast. But like, it's so uh it already has been so affected and changed by those events 
And then like they're ju- it, everything was just getting on its feet, and now this, and it just feels like uh, it's a gut punch to see all this stuff uh, having all these having all these delays and all these changes and all these announced pauses. Because um, I am very much ready for them to get back on track as a fan. But man, there are some movies that start without start without writers on the on board. Like they get the script and just go for it, but. They were talking about that possible that possibility with Blade being a thing, but it, it's on pause. So I'm um, I'm really curious what will come of this. Yeah, it makes me think about how Kevin Feige mentioned that Marvel Studios was going to be slowing down production and creating more space between things. But it's like whether or not he wanted to, it's happening now. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, while you know, 2021 into 2022 may have felt felt a little overloaded sometimes in retrospect it makes me super grateful to have all these things i can go back and rewatch now because i didn't have the chance to do rewatches when they were all coming out back to back to back i still have some content to satisfy me in the in the wake Mm. here well aren't you mr silver lying (laughs) (laughs) well i'm gonna bring balance to the force and say that uh so far it doesn't really look like they're very close uh unfortunately um mm. it, anything i've read about it just says that these sides aren't even really talking that there isn't a lot of budging uh that it doesn't that both sides are sort of kind of uh just very far apart in what they want and what their expectations are mm. that's the tactic though if you're a striking organization you got to make it hurt and unless they're yeah. willing to come give you concessions, like that's why you're doing it. Like you want them to hurt. You want them not to be able to do their work for a long period of time and you want them to wait it out. And so you kind of expect that once the strike is on, it's going to probably be on for a little bit because they're trying to get as much of those concessions as possible. It will probably eventually be somewhere in the middle, but they're trying to get it more towards their side of the demands, which is why the whole strike has to happen. Um, but man. I again, like we all said, hope it gets resolved soon. Sometimes you just got to plant yourself like a tree and say no. <laughs> oh, That's right. Yeah. That's We're right. We're going to just have a permanent segment on this podcast, like in this, this week and what's delayed. And it's just yeah. going to be like <laughs> another list of things. Really? Yeah. I'm just going to be all of us are just going to have like a single tear going down our cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We start, uh, we started Binger's Assemble. Like what, whatever, like 2019 or something. Uh, maybe it was, or yeah, it was 2019, and we were really excited to do these shows that, like, you know, do these movie series. Then COVID hit, and no movies came out for a year. <laughs> and I feel kind of like that with like we just started Multiverse News, and we're like, what's going to happen in all these universes? Oh, <laughs> six months of delays. That's all we're going to talk about for six months. Ooh, good, good. <laughs> we started this just at the right time. New Mutants like move dates like at least five times or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Hey, we have plenty of Bingers content planned. Don't worry. <laughs> That's right. We've got a lot coming. Okay, up next, those who enjoyed Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's classic science fiction novel Dune were thrilled by the part two trailer that premiered last week. The director has stressed that this is not a sequel to the 2021 epic, but a continuation of the story, with returning stars Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, as well as new characters, including one portrayed by Austin Butler. The second part of Dune looks to be just as epic. The spice must flow, but must our excitement. 
Of course it must. He who rules the spice rules the galaxy, or who he who controls the spice controls the galaxy, rather. But um, I'm going to get my nitpicking out of the way. I bristle a little bit. I love Denis Villeneuve. I think he is a genius. I think all of his films so far have been masterpieces, but I do bristle a little bit at the fact that he says this isn't a sequel, it's a continuation of the story. Well, yes, if you're looking at the book, yes, but isn't that what all sequels are? They're a continuation of the story, at least in some regard. Mm. But anyway, this trailer was incredible and did everything it needed to do. I was already super excited um, coming off the first film, having read the novel, all the cast editions, but wow, this first look was incredible. Hans Zimmer's score coming back really swells and just energizes me and, and gets me so excited to return to Arrakis. Uh, getting our first look at both Florence Pugh as uh, the princess and Faye, uh, Austin Butler as Faye Routha. Just like, I really love the visual language of this film and how they've interpreted uh, interpreted <laughs> the, uh, the Harkonnens with like the pale skin and the bald heads and whatnot. And uh, he looks so menacing. And yeah, if I, I'm over the moon for this one, if you could tell. <laughs> We're just all getting out of Jay Scotty's way. We're just like, <laughs> just like, go for it. <laughs> but yeah, this is a. I mean, it's this is how you do a trailer. You know, it's always interesting to see how sequels are going to perform at the box office, uh, because you just never know who's on board from the first one. But uh, and the first one did come out in that like weird year where it was like, well, we'll do half movies, half HBO Max type stuff, you know. And so I think maybe not as many people saw it in the theater as would have in kind of a not delayed movie COVID type year. But I think this movie will perform really well. I think a lot of people who missed it in the theaters went back and caught it on HBO Max. And it seems to be like there's just a lot of hype around it. The Kwisak Haderach will come back and be strong and I'm excited for it. This is going to (laughs) be a really different uh, story than we saw in the first part. It it gets really ramped up and really kind of crazy and wild. And I think that if maybe the first movie wasn't quite your thing, like stick with it because it gets really action packed, especially in this second part of the book. So I'm, I, I say everything that Jay Scotty said, I feel as well. Hmm. I dig it. I dig it. Well, I will, I will take you up on that. Cause the first one, it was beautiful and it was well acted and it was well put together, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily for me, uh, but I, I I'm excited to see what the second one's like. If it's if it's that much different, it kind of felt. I guess like part of what I felt when I saw it was this feels like half a movie, um, and so <laughs> <laughs> it, it according to Denis Villeneuve, yeah, there you go. Um, all right, well, next up we have the lightning round. This is the uh, part where we tell shorter stories, and only one of us uh, gets to chime in and buzz in using their name to uh, respond. And each of us gets one rebuttal uh, a per for the entire lightning round. So here we go with our first lightning round story. It is heavily rumored that Margot Robbie has been officially offered the role of Sue Storm in Matt Shackman's upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Jay. Um, yeah, it's a rumor, but you know, they just probably offer everything to Margot Robbie. She's like one mm-hmm. of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Like, it's not like Margot Robbie is begging Disney, like, please let me be in a Marvel movie. Like they're begging her to be in a Marvel movie. So I would just imagine as soon as they sit down and they say, who are we going to cast in any movie with a female lead? They're just like, let's call Margot first. So yeah, of course she got offered the role. Does it? Uh, but again, it's, it doesn't mean that she's going to be Sue Storm or whatever. 
but I would say it's actually probably more likely that she won't be. But it's, uh, you know, of course we're going to offer it to her. It's Margot Robbie. Matt, for a response, I uh, really love this idea, but it's for the same reason that they love this idea. Well, they love it for money, but like, I, I just love her and everything. And I think she's awesome. I think she's just one of my favorite actresses right now. Um, I think that's pretty ubiquitous like it's not a not a not a fresh take at all but uh i just think she's awesome and i'm really excited to see her i don't know how she'd fit in the sue storm character uh, the sue storm i think of is a little more buttoned up i guess but i but that's how i think of the character but like margot robbie tends to play a little wilder uh, i mean you know you can name all of her movies, but she has that just like very uh, New Jersey accent and a lot of things. And like, I don't know how that meshes with my idea of Sue Storm, but maybe that's exactly sort of the fresh look it needs. But I'm I'm down if she if they think she's good for it. I'm I'm very down. Yeah, Scotty. Yeah, you you talk about that Jersey accent. And that's exactly where my mind went. The fact that she portrayed Harley Quinn, and we've you know we've often seen actors that kind of walk in both worlds as they put it they've been in marvel movies and they've both and they've been in dc movies but i feel like this is if the if the casting ends up panning out which i would be totally before um i feel like this is the first time that like an actor has portrayed characters that are truly like household names in terms of like comic book characters hmm. like i think the closest to it would be chris evans uh and again he was still in the marvel family there in fantastic four again but he went from playing you know the human torch uh to captain america and i remember when that actually happened i was kind of against it but then once i saw that first captain america movie i was completely sold and he's gone on to become my favorite character in the mcu so uh margot robbie's super talented she's super funny and um you know coinciding with the rumors about adam driver just makes me really interested to see what version of the fantastic four we're going to see and maybe we'll be you know this is the multiverse saga Maybe we're going to see many iterations of these characters. And I think she would be really good at portraying multiple versions. If that's the case. Yeah. Sandy, am I responding to myself? Am I allowed to do that? That's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you will be all called. I, so. I love this. All of you uh, use it up right now. That's right. You, you um, I'm just feeling like breaking the rules tonight. Uh, the, um, the San Diego Comic Cons in July. I would imagine Disney's like, please don't let this leak until we can break this on stage in July and tell everybody who the Fantastic Four is. But like, it's for sure gonna leak. Like, we're already sitting here talking about rumors of this and rumors of that. Um, you know, if she ends up being in it, I think she'll be awesome. Um, we'll see. Indeed. Uh, okay. Up next, Jenna Ortega has joined the cast of the upcoming Beetlejuice sequel as the daughter of Winona Ryder's character Lydia Dietz. Matt. I guess I uh, tried to wait and see if everybody else would, but <laughs> I, uh, I love Beetlejuice. I really love Beetlejuice. Um, really. And I think this casting is a little stunty to me because it feels like she just played Wednesday and that's just like, just enough like Lydia, like uh, that it, that it fits almost too well. It's almost like too, too cute by half or something. Um, and it's, and it's, a, it's very much like tight casting Jenna Ortega. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or, but who knows you know what i say that what if they what if they like that's what we why they think we're ca- they're casting her and then she shows up as like a really sunny character and she's sort of the opposite of her mom like who knows uh but it it feels too cute but i do love beetlejuice and i'm excited to see uh so many of these characters coming back for this movie um just yeah i i uh, i want I, i'm excited i'm excited for this <laughs> 
Haley, I'm using my response. I said I wasn't going to, but I am because you all used yours already and you can't respond to me. Yeah, Scotty, I saw you counting. He said his name three times. I don't... Michael Keaton hasn't showed up, damn it. Um, I love Beetlejuice and I wish they'd just leave it alone. It's such a classic. It's so culty and it's so good. And this is one of the ones I'm going to plant a flag in the sand and be like, just stop touching it. Mm. I hear that. Okay, a clip of Kiss the Girl from Disney's live-action Little Mermaid drew controversy based on its more consensual approach, which included changing some of the song's lyrics. Scotty. Okay. The changing of the lyrical content? No issue with that whatsoever. What I did not like about this (laughs) clip is how lifeless it looked. Like, I don't know, these these Disney live-action adaptations are really hit or miss and i just i'm kind of wondering why they're continuing to do it like if you're going to do it give it give it some life give it some imagination and the realistic portrayals of sebastian and flounder are downright terrifying (laughs) (laughs) what if we took the crab and we just made him a crab we we just made him a fish (laughs) innovative game changing <laughs> Those types of crabs for sure don't breathe underwater either. Like, that's definitely a land crab. <laughs> under the sea, I can't breathe under the sea. Let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, we're cracking up about land crab. <laughs> okay. All right. Executive producer Robert Downey Jr.'s DC comic adaptation, Sweet Tooth, has been renewed by Netflix for a third and final season. Matt. (laughs) Sure, I don't know what you guys say in your names. Land crab. I... (laughs) That's your new buzzing word from now on. Uh... I didn't know this was this show. Like I've seen pictures of this show. I had no idea Robert Nigeria was involved, and I had no idea it was a DC comic adaptation. So this is kind of weird to me that I this has been on for three seasons, and I didn't know either of those two very pertinent to my interests pieces of information. Seems like Netflix did a bad job here or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> where's your marketing department? Okay, <laughs> Some, somebody tied with me. If anybody wanted to say anything. Uh, Tom, I think we all four said something, but half of them weren't named, so I don't know what was going on. Uh, (laughs) uh, Tom Hiddleston and Mark Hamill are set to star in an upcoming film adaptation of Stephen King's The Life of Chuck. Scotty. Get it? I don't know anything about this uh, Stephen King. I don't know if it's a book or short story, novella, whatever it is, but you attach Mark Hamill to it, you attach Tom Hiddleston to it, and then you attach Mike Flanagan to it, and I'm pretty much sold. So I don't mind kind of going in blind on this one, but yeah, Town Alone has a ticket sold for me. Sweet. It is a novella, and it works backwards. So it starts with the end of someone's life, and it goes to the beginning. It's great. It's worth checking out. That's cool. I love that out-of-time storytelling. Uh, Okay, according to reports... Carl Urban is in talks to play Johnny Cage in the upcoming sequel to Mortal Kombat. Matt, why? <laughs> Carl. Okay, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a hater here. Uh, I didn't see let, the. Let Carl last. get his money. <laughs> let Carl get. He's got his money. He's been in so many things. He's he's like <laughs> dread and bones. You know, I don't know. Uh, but 
Butcher. Butcher. So good as Butcher. Uh, I just, I, I, I haven't seen this last iteration of Mortal Kombat. Has anyone? I have. You have? Well, I shall let you talk then. Uh, yeah, but it's okay. It's, just okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, that's kind of what I heard, and I, and then like I was just kind of like, what? I don't know. This feels. This is like a step down for Carl Urban after the boys. I guess. I feel like Carl Urban graduating from the boys seems like he could write his own ticket or whatever. I guess he's not done with it, but you know, who knows? Okay. Last story: the Kevin Costner-led series Yellowstone will end in November after five seasons, but its myriad spinoffs will continue. Haley. I think of all of us, I've maybe seen the most, which was like one and a half episodes of this show. Um, So I'm obviously qualified to talk about it. (laughs) I know this news was very conflicting to me because people love this show. So they're probably like, oh, no, Yellowstone, no end. But there's already been two prequel spinoffs. And obviously there's another one in the works. So I don't think Tyler Sheridan's Yellowstone is going anywhere really anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, that's our stories. Uh, you guys tell them where they can find you online. Uh, Jay Scotty. Yeah, please find me over at Animation Deliberation. We are the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. And across the Spider-Verse, tickets have been on sale for a couple of days now. So grab yours and get ready to join in on the conversation. Mm-hmm. Haley Hobbs. All beings and land crabs can hear me on Source Pages, where we read novels and comics as primers for the geeky TV shows and movies we love, including Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians of the Galaxy and so much more. Check us out. Awesome. Jay Sisson. Uh, you can find me at Commute the Podcast, where I host a weekly educational show with my friend Dave, and we cover three interesting topics in 20 minutes or less. So you can get smarter on your way to work or wherever you go during the day. Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, my call to action for you guys today is hit us up with a review or a like or whatever on whatever platform you're on. We've been uh, we've been doing the show for a few weeks. You guys have been wonderful to listen and share it and everything. And so the show has grown uh, grown quickly, and we're very excited to have so many of you guys listening. So, but please share it around. We would love to see this show uh, explode, so we can make more of it and uh, have even more rich conversations. And if you're checking us out on Apple Podcasts and haven't seen the video element on Spotify or YouTube, check it out because Matt is doing a great job on the video editing and production there. Oh, thanks, man. Yes, Thank you. of course. Yeah, we're we're over at Stranded Panda uh, on YouTube, and you can watch th- both videos of that, and we do a lot of other. Some random videos and a lot of MCU cast on there. So check it out. We'll be back soon, guys. Peace. Later.